Hi, and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and we're here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. Today, I'm excited to have a special guest with us, Daryl Jones from the Herzog Foundation. Daryl, thanks so much for being here today. It is a pleasure to be with you, Linda. I've been a a longtime fan, so thanks for uh, letting me sit with you and have have a great conversation. Yeah, we're so, we're so glad to have you, and we're excited today to talk about a topic of how can we connect with parents and empower parents, which is just such an important topic. So thank you so much for being here and talking uh, about this Listen, with us. I'm happy to be a part of the conversation. Uh, it's a very important topic. Yeah. Uh, you know, oftentimes uh, there's, a, there's a sense among, uh, among families, whether they're Christian families or not, that we're exporting the education of our kids to uh, you know, to to teachers, which is an awesome uh, responsibility for teachers to have to bear to be the sole sense of formation of a child. But that was never what God intended, right? I mean, uh, um, Glenn Schultz in his great book on kingdom education talks about the importance of family and church and education in forming a child. And so, you know, when it's all placed in the hands of of the teachers. Uh, how how can that ever be a uh, a balance that works well? So the partnership certainly between uh, between parents and teachers is is an important one. Yeah, absolutely. And I yeah, sometimes even as teachers, we can almost feel too much part, like take on too much. Like it's our job to teach the child everything. And you're right, God gave the prim- uh, responsibility primarily to parents, whether they're believers or not. Yeah, yeah. And we are here to help and come alongside, um, particularly in the sphere of education and to, yeah. and to help in that area. So the more we can. Uh, the more we can connect and be on the same team, that's going to be so valuable. Well, and I think I think COVID has really done an amazing thing. I mean, even just when you see what's going on around the nation, the sense of parents really wanting to be involved. Uh, maybe it's because, you know, for the first time in a while, there has been a new understanding that they have had of, you know, what is going on with our kids. But, but, but either way, I think, you know, what could be a horrible situation really can bring good out of it as parents come back to the the table and begin to own, you know, the education and the and the, the formation of their of their children. That's that's a good thing. Yeah, and uh, and we're seeing it more and more popping up all over the country where where parents are are engaging again with uh, with school. Yeah, and that's an interesting thing that you brought <clears throat> up. Where sometimes I think sometimes as teachers we need to guard against being like concerned sometimes when parents start to ask questions and get involved we can get our defenses up and be like oh no sure. you know they're going to make things difficult or, but but we need to especially as believing teachers guard against that and realize that yes you know parents might not always be right they sure. might not they might not understand what you're doing in your classroom but their involvement is a positive thing and um we want to find ways um, to connect with them as much as we can yeah absolutely and you know a, a whole other topic that will that we'll likely get into uh, today is just the idea of, but what about when parents don't want to be involved? Oh, right. Yeah. And, uh, that's a very real issue. And I think that there are some strategies and some things that, you know, we can talk about to, to help do that. But I, I, I just think, you know, that parents be at the table is important. 
uh, all the way around. I mean, you ask the average teacher, uh, the parents that you need to talk to at parent-teacher conferences, those parents aren't coming. Right. And the parents that you really don't need to talk to are going to be there five minutes early. And that's right? not coincidental. That, right. Yeah. I mean, it happens all over the country. It happens in public schools. It happens in Christian schools. Yeah. And so that parents engage in the development of their their kids educationally is important and necessary. And again, as as Glenn Schultz said, that, that three-legged stool is what brings real balance where education and family and church can all begin to, to work together. But certainly uh, uh, pertinent to today's topic, how can parents and teachers engage together for the well-being of a child? Absolutely. So let's, let's dive in. What are, what are some suggestions do you have for how teachers can best connect with parents and empower them to be involved in their kids' education? You know, I think on, uh, on uh, readlion.com is a, an online publication that we have. Just today, uh, Elizabeth Roberts posted uh, a whole article on this very topic of what, what, what are ways that parents uh, that teachers specifically can empower parents. And some of them are as simple as strategically working to keep parents involved, mm-hmm. right? Uh, let them be proactive in helping them understand what's going on. So whether or not that is, you know, a newsletter that's either produced, I, I would, I would suggest not so much from the teacher, but maybe it becomes a whole project that on a monthly basis, the class is working on our newsletter mm. that we then send out to the parents of, here's what we've been dealing with in the month of March. Here's what we're dealing with in the month of April. And it can be a, an after the fact thing, but certainly it's keeping parents in the loop and also making it an educational um, project, an opportunity for students to begin, you know, stepping into this whole sphere of, of journalism. And uh, and talking about what's going on and recording, documenting what's going on in the classroom. Yeah. Okay. So let me see if I'm understanding this idea. So this is a little different than like the typical elementary classroom newsletter where you're sending it before the week and saying this is what we're learning this week. That has its own place. But this, what the the suggestion we have here is kind of like the classes working together to put together like this is what we're doing and maybe right. showcasing some of their work or or to cl- talking about what they learned. And yeah, that really could be a great like summative learning. Right. Um, and it, it, synthesizing it, what you've learned. Um, yeah, a great and, project. you know, and in a day, you know, in a day and age where, you know, technology is so uh, uh, available, right? I mean, whether it's a classroom iPad, that this week, the focus of our class is really this single topic, then get Get one of the kids on the iPad to document it with with a photo. And somebody else is writing up, here's what we did. And it, it doesn't have to be a, a polished piece. It's grade specific. Yeah. But it's a project where the kids are documenting, this is what we did. Uh, and, and how does that influence even, even table talk uh, potentially in the evening? Uh, so what did you learn today in school? Well, we've been talking about you know, or, or, Hey, I got this, I got this email from, uh, from the teacher and, and, and it says that you guys have been working on whatever. Tell me more about that. You know, it becomes fodder for parents to engage with their kids, uh, on the education, but, but it really, it's the teacher that strategically is empowering the parents with that information. And again, I don't think that it uh, needs to be uh, a challenging, oh, great, one more thing the teacher needs to do. Uh, But, you know, to create an environment where 
where kids are learning in new ways. Yeah, I love that idea. And even if that feels overwhelming, uh, just those proactive emails are so valuable. I know my, my son's teacher sometimes will just send an email saying, hey, this is the project we're working on, or this is something I'm seeing in class. Yeah. And I feel so much more, I feel so much more connected and empowered to be like, okay, I should talk to him. I should, yeah. and I would have never thought to do that if exactly. I hadn't gotten an email. So even just a quick, a quick update to parents. Absolutely. Can be proactively. Can Absolutely. Be such, you know, a, a, a picture of something going on uh, and, 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 you know, uh, hey, here's what's going on. I mean, that, that, especially if it's true that parents really do want to know more about what's going on in school is a proactive way that I think teachers really are in the driver's seat to bring that empowering. What you don't want is every parent showing up in the classroom. <laughs> right. I mean, I just know from the pastoral, my, my former pastoral role, 35 years in pastoral ministry. So how could the church, how do you engage the church? That's a whole other topic right. <laughs> uh, for a whole other time. But I, I think the idea that, you know, when, when in the nursery, I remember nursery workers were saying everything was great until the parent stepped in to see how the kid was doing. (laughs) And then, and then we lost it. You know what I mean? And so, uh, you know, a a way that the parent can just, uh, that the, the teacher can just kind of inform the parents, Hey, here's what's going on in a, in a simple kind of way, but one that uh, really empowers the parents to engage in conversation. Another is probably, it could potentially be a little more challenging, but it's the idea of a curriculum night. Okay. So if, in fact, parents really do want to know what's going on in the classroom for the teacher to be proactive and whether it's through the, uh, you know, whether it's, it's through this, this newsletter, uh, that, hey, we're, we're having this big event as a class. It's not necessarily even school wide, but you want to know what we're studying. You want to know what we're doing. You want to know what's going on. Parents get a chance to meet parents. Teacher gets a chance to meet meet parents and uh, and even just a rollout of here's our curriculum these are our these are our workbooks this is the kind of stuff that uh, that this year in the fourth grade uh, we hope that that Johnny or Judy is able to accomplish by the end of the by the end of the year if in fact parents really are interested in this day and age in what's going on curriculum wise then the teachers really stand as the gatekeepers to say well here we'll show you yeah. Here's what we're focused on. Here's what we're working on. And uh, and these are the topics for our kids. Uh, more challenging probably for the teacher than uh, than the newsletter that we talked about, but but certainly an opportunity to empower parents to know what's going on and to, and to own their kids' education, uh, to come back to the table and and to care about, you know, the educational development of uh, of their kids. And that's a that's a brings up a really interesting that's a really interesting suggestion because a lot of times those, you know, curriculum nights are like they happen at the, right at the beginning of the year when everyone's like yeah. excited, but you're also kind of yeah. drowning in information and yeah. you don't you haven't experienced any of it yet. Um, or then there, then there's parent teacher conferences where those you know ten to fifteen oh, minutes. Yeah. It's so yeah. rushed. Yeah. Um. So having a time in the fall or in the right. you know like like after you've been teaching sure. for a couple months and you know parents are starting yeah. to see a little bit and actually have questions. Yeah. Um, that can be. Really, that's a really great idea to, to re-engage. Yeah, you know, uh, a, a third a third component is just the idea of, and may, you know, not, nothing I'm talking about is is wow. There's a brand new, you know, <laughs> a newsletter. Wow, we never would have thought of it. But to tweak it, yeah, you know, to make it certainly more sustainable over time, not just one more assignment for one more assignment for a teacher. Right. Um, but but a uh, but a third idea is 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 to survey the class parents. Mm. What's going well? What's not going well? Uh, what are you hearing? 
What are you what are you concerned about regarding this classroom and the well-being of your kids? And oftentimes I found in pastoral ministry, uh, people usually had an idea if you would just give them an opportunity to voice it. Now, here's the other thing. If you don't give them an opportunity to voice it, it doesn't mean they don't have an opinion. Right. <laughs> it just means it doesn't come clearly to you right. because there was not an opportunity. But there could very well be some buzz and hum that's going on. And for the teacher really to be in the gatekeeper role to empower parents to have a voice in what's working, what's not working. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I think I think we've all experienced times where when we gave the the end user the opportunity to speak into what we were doing on their behalf we can learn from that yeah and they and 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 we may not agree on everything but if we'll listen we may find hey that's a i would not have done that but that's a really good idea yeah that that was not original with me but it was original with you and i'm listening yeah, I want to. This is one that I feel like I want to challenge everybody to try because it's really accessible. And really, all it takes is us not being defensive, being willing to listen a little yeah. bit. And the great thing about it is just because someone gives you a suggestion doesn't mean you have to implement it, right? right? I mean, right. if you could, you're going to get some crazy responses, yeah. just be prepared for that. It's yeah. fine. At least they'll feel better just feeling, they will feel, even if you did nothing, parents will feel better just that you cared enough to ask. Yes. And just that they've been listened to. Exactly. That will solve issues right right it's there. It's true. You're on the same team. <laughs> yes. Yeah, just the yeah. fact that you asked will mean so much to them. But in addition, as you were saying, you're going to pick out some ideas or mm -hmm. you're going to become aware of issues that you weren't even aware. Yeah. So it's I think this is such a great idea because because there's no you're not obligating yourself to anything exactly. beyond you're just reading asking questions. reading their feedback. Yeah. And um but I think you'd be really pleasantly surprised I would with agree. with some things that emerge from it. And I think you would get some positive feedback as well. Oh, definitely. You know what I mean? This is really good. You're doing thank you for this. Um among, you know, among other yeah. other topics. You know, the last thing would be um and and, and really uh I, I see it now through my, my wife and I have three daughters. They're all grown up, they're out of college, they're married, they're producing amazingly beautiful and intelligent offspring. It's incredible. <laughs> thank God for their mother. Uh but but they will tell me about their teachers who will snap a picture uh, during the day and send it to them and say, your, your son is such a blessing to our classroom. Oh, look what little, you know, and, 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 and positive feedback. Yeah. You know what I mean? That when you, when you catch little Johnny doing something good, put that on the scoreboard too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to communicate with parents, not simply with, well, we need to talk about Daryl again, uh, but to, you know, hey, guess what he did? You know, what a blessing. And and whether it's, you know, just shooting a text, uh, maybe it's a picture, maybe it's not a picture, but just, just you know, um, that that you appreciate their child as the person who spends how many hours a day? How many yeah. hours a month with them? You appreciate who they are. That child is as a person. I think that goes a long way oh, definitely. in uh, in showing your human side. You know, as a as a as a parental figure in the life of 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 children that people love. And so, you know, just picking up the phone and whether it's hey, you know a phone call or whether it's just a, a just shoot a text. Uh, I think those are all things that really uh, the teacher is in the power seat mm -hmm. to empower 
the parents. Yeah. You know, whether it's the newsletter of here's what's going on in the classroom, you know, through our, through our, uh, our Cracker Jack staff <laughs> of Jimmy and Susie and you know what I mean? Uh, our, our, our research team, uh, or whether it's, whether it's just a quick text of, Hey, I really appreciate little, little Jody and what she brings to the classroom. Yeah. You know, you um, could even have Epia's student job to go around and snap pictures and then you just, then you just send them to the parents with a quick note. You know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And, and maybe that becomes some of the fodder for the, for the newsletter. Yeah. You know, as well. Catching kids doing, catching kids being kids. You know, how cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. So, you know, j- just four simple things that, you know, are not meant to create more of a workload for teachers, but certainly recognize, uh, I'll use the word again, the gatekeeper role mm-hmm. that teachers set in with regard to information that parents have can you, regarding the education. There's something of their there. Kids. Can you expand on that? What do you, you, you've used that term a few times. Can you expand on that? that yeah, gate, I think, I think, I think the teacher has information that the parents don't have. Right. And the only way that the parents get it is if you release it. Mm. And so that idea that, you know, what are the, you know, uh, certainly what information do they want to know? But even, you know, from a, from an educator standpoint, uh, what are, what is the information that they need to know? Yes. You know, and so when Johnny is doing good in the class, the parents need to know that because if the only time that they hear, about Johnny from an uh, from an authoritative figure is when Johnny didn't do so well uh then really i mean it's 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 just not a complete honest picture of the child yeah and so you're you're the gatekeeper of that information you are the the steward of that information and if you don't release it then that information never gets out what's going on in the classroom what's going on in the curriculum um you know c- catching catching kids doing kids stuff that's that's just good for a parent's heart. I love, you know? Yeah, that makes so much sense. I'm going to add one more thing to that too. Is please um, the also kind of how they can help their students. You know, I my my oldest is only in third grade now, but I'm already seeing like you would think I'm an educator, I'm a teacher, I would know how to help my kids, but yeah. I don't always know how to right. <laughs> the best way to help my kids. Sometimes sure. I'm like I don't know what they need with this. Yeah, yeah. And so um, I found it so helpful when teachers, you know, can give a little bit, you know. I don't know. Some, yeah. Just just to realize that, like some some parents want to help, and they just don't really know. Right. What should I be studying? Yeah. When should I be studying? Linda, and so passing that info along right. to the whole class is really valuable. You know, one of the things in pastoral ministry that we began looking at was, uh, okay, there are some parents that are disengaged and they don't want to be engaged. And is there anything more frustrating to a teacher than that? Yeah. Right. But the other thing is. One size doesn't fit all, and not everybody is like that. And there are people who who really want to parent. They just don't know how. Uh, typically, people parent based on the way they were parented, right? So you do what you saw. Yeah. Maybe that was a good role model. Maybe it wasn't a good role model. But for you, that's what parenting looks like. I mean, I'll tell you where it becomes most evident is is in uh, is in marriage. Right, the first year of marriage, where <laughs> Tim grew up with this set of uh, this family, right, and this was normal, and Linda grew up in this family, and this was normal, and then the two marry, and clearly, <laughs> Tim was raised by baboons, right? <laughs> Who does that? Why on earth do you do that? Well, because everybody does that. Well, everybody doesn't do it. Just only the people that I've ever seen do it. This is normal. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's the same with parenting. We parent based on what we saw. This is the way normal families operate, and it may not be normal. And how do people ever learn good parenting techniques unless somebody steps in? And I would suggest, you know, certainly in this conversation, that is an area where I think parents, ha- uh, where I think teachers have a great opportunity to partner with churches and figure out parenting. Hmm. You know, we, we started a couple of years ago uh, a parenting class at the church, and I could get into the specifics of it, but just for the sake of discussion, uh, every other week, it was a nine-week thing. We did it at the church. We provided meals for the families. We pro- our, our children's minister was talking with the kids downstairs on the same topic that the parents were dealing with upstairs. So there was built-in child care. It was at the church. And because it was at the church, we could talk about any topic we wanted to talk mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. But what we did was we partnered with with the school and and the school would tell us, "Hey, here are some families that would really do well. They would do well if they just had the understanding." And so we invited them to be a part of this parent university. And we would deal with with topics like why reading to your kids is important. And that was one that the educators would handle that. Mm-hmm. Uh the next week the pastors would talk about how do you get peace in your home? Okay, well, that will be a topic I will address. <laughs> I will not be exporting that. I will handle that one head on. Thank you very much. I know the Prince of Peace. He rules and reigns in peace. Let's talk about peace. Uh, th- there would be some on how, how, do you, how do you motivate your child? How do, you, how do you enforce bedtime? Right? Because every child is different. We have three daughters. I told you that. Every one of them is different. The big joke is I have one daughter. If I look at her a certain way, she will burst into tears. <laughs> I have another daughter. If I look at her the exact same way, I will burst into tears. How is this? How does this happen? They're the same kids, same same parents, same house, same air, same food, same rules. Three different kids that are all different personalities that are motivated differently. And there are ways, very simple ways to determine what are the personality traits and what drives this child. And once the parent has that, understanding then then all of the sudden you know getting them to comply to normalcy right in their in their spiritual formation and holding to homework and bedtime and all of those things becomes more simple when you when you stop saying why can't you be more like your sibling because they're not they're sibling and as the parent right as the authority we need to be the ones to know that but how do i know that if i grew up in a dysfunctional family and that's where i think again the teachers have the opportunity to begin partnering try to build a partnership to bring the church that third-legged piece of the stool where really you know as there are issues that are going on within the whole of a family that begin manifesting through a child in a classroom when a church can be involved the family can be more holistically cared for and counseled and coached. And, and uh, um, so, you know, just, you know, from my past experience, those were some things that we tried to do in partnering with educators in, in helping parents understand what they may not know. Yeah. Some of those were clergy led conversations. Some of them were, uh, were teacher led, you know, conversations, but it was, it was 50, 50 and it was really a pretty cool, Really pretty cool ministry. That's re- yeah, that's a really neat idea to go beyond just, you know, study skills and yeah. um, see if there's ways to – I love that. See, yeah. if, see if there's a possibility of a way to invite 
students invite them to a workshop yeah. at a church where they're going to get help with parenting. Oh, yeah, that's really yeah. great. And, and, and recognizing not everybody is going to jump on that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but but there will be those who will. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about what about the parents that don't seem to want to be involved. You know, they you, you keep asking them. You know, they're, maybe their kid's struggling and they seem to be nowhere to be found. Do you have any advice for teachers and how to handle that? You know what? I think you continue to pray for them and you continue to pray for their kids. But I mean, you, you can't make someone do what they don't want to do. I think the best you can do is continue to pour in, you know, continue to continue to involve those parents to the level that they're willing to be involved. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that you begin to withhold as the gatekeeper I think you continue to to give and, you know, pray that they will take you up on it. Um, but, you know, I, I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't uh, tit for tat uh, transaction. You know, if they're not going to be involved, then I'm not going to involve you. I think, I think, you know, the teacher needs to be the adult in the room. <laughs> You well, know. that's well, that's a good point, though, because even if we're not intentionally saying, well, I'm not going to tell you stuff, we can have this thought of like, well, they're not going to care anyhow, so why should I bother? Yeah. And the reality is there's probably, at the least, a percentage of parents that will, Yeah, you know, that maybe you're just not giving them the opportunity, right. you're, you know, so they're we need to resist that thought of, well, they're not going to anyhow. We don't know until we try. And then, as you said, like continuing to be, continuing to communicate on your end, we don't know what's going on. We, maybe, yeah. they, you know, like we can't, we it's don't true. know. And we can't control what the parent does, but we can yeah. control what we do. That's and exactly I love right. that. Just focus exactly on that. Right. And then we, yeah. th we're not responsible for what that, they do with that's it. That's <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. And there was a time in pastoral ministry where I cared more about your marriage than you cared about your marriage. And I would tell you everything that I knew to help hold you together. And yet I would cry myself to sleep at night mm. because you wouldn't listen. And I really had to grow into, I can't care more than what you care, but I'll meet you. I'll meet you there. You know what I mean? But I do think there's a degree to where, you know, you can end up as, a, as an educator so frustrated with the undone, with why won't this person, why won't this family? And, and that's only paralyzing to you. Yeah. You know, and you've got to at some point release them that I've done all I can do. One one guy told me one time, this is this is brilliant by the way. When you've done all you can do, you've done all you can do. Yeah. But until you've done all you can do, you, you haven't. haven't done all you can do. <laughs> Isn't that brilliant? Yes. No, but I think that's so important. I think it's important in life and I think it's so important for for teachers particularly because we have most teachers have you big care, hearts. You care, right. Want. Yeah, and it's not even a matter of like not care. It, it's just that. Yeah. Recognizing that God calls us to do what we can, right. but the results are in his hands and yeah. trusting those yeah. people that we care about yeah. to God. And that doesn't mean we don't do. Right. Like, I love that. I love that. Do what you can. <laughs> but then when you've done all you can... You've done, You've done all, all you can, can. Yeah, right? That's great. Yeah, yeah. That's and really you helpful. almost need an authoritative figure to say, You are released. <laughs> you have done all you can. Yeah. So there you go. Maybe this is that for yeah. somebody today. Yeah. Yep. I love that. <laughs> um, so, any final word of advice you have for teachers? In this you know area? what I would say to teachers, uh, you know, to Christian teachers who are who are listening to you on a regular basis, uh, don't don't give up hope. 
You know, I, I have said for the last two years, uh, through the whole COVID nightmare that continues to linger, um, Christ is still on the throne. Mm-hmm. He has a plan. It involves us. It's a really good plan. <laughs> Don't be distracted by the here and now from the reality that there's a really good plan. And for today, you and I have a role. You and I have a responsibility. Now, hold your head high and 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 be a be a be confident in the lord he's the one who called you to this i've thought i've thought oftentimes if the lord wanted the apostle paul to teach the class that an individual teacher is in <laughs> almighty god had the authority to do that and god didn't do that god put that teacher you yeah. in that classroom because yeah. you're the right person for the job and he promised he would go with you he would yeah. never abandon you. So our confidence comes not because everything on the outside is easy and simple and and manageable. It's from it's from the one who reigns and uh, and calls us his child. That's our confidence is in the Lord. And yeah, uh, and he is unwavering, right? <laughs> yes, I love that. And I mean, yeah. That 100%. <laughs> That's great. great. Um, Before we finish up here, I'd love for you to share a little bit with the teachers that are out there. Sorry, guys. I don't know if you can hear these birds in the background. It's 75 and sunny here in Cleveland. (laughs) No, it's definitely not. (laughs) I think that bird is screaming to come in. Let me in! We're happy to hear hear some signs that spring might come eventually. Yeah, right, right. But can you share a little bit about the Herzog Foundation? I would um, love to. And how it's supporting teachers in schools. Yeah, sure. So Stanley Herzog uh, was very committed to concepts of 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 work ethic and and America and freedom and and faith and family and uh, and he left his estate. Uh, to be spent uh, every dollar, really, for the purpose of advancing Christian education. And so the Stanley M. Herzog Charitable Foundation, the Herzog Foundation, uh, is all about looking for ways in which we can empower uh, educators, uh, Christian schools, Christian teachers to make a difference in the lives of people. And so whether it's, you know, trainings that we're providing for teachers, uh, all of our trainings, uh, we provide them, we, you get to our training and we only take a select few. Like, so for example, every Christian school needs donor development. They need donors and every Christian school needs students. And so we do a marketing training two-day training and we do a donor development training. How do you, how are you raising funds? And we'll only take like 30 different schools at a time, but you get to our training. We'll pay for the speakers. We'll put you up in a hotel and we'll feed you on our dime. Oh, wow. So we just want you to leave empowered. And so that's how we're choosing to use our resources. And in addition to that, an online publication that's really highlighting the best in Christian education across the country, readlion.com, read, R-E-A-D, lion.com, a bold voice for, uh, for Christian education. And then, and then our school box initiative is, uh, how can, how can families or churches or cul-de-sacs start a Christian school, whether it's a micro school or a five day a week or a hybrid homeschool, uh, that whole school box initiative. Well, one of the things I'm very excited about, and you've been very helpful to us, Linda, with, uh, Teach for the Heart is, um, is our, um, Christian Teacher of the Year Award. And so this September, uh, held in the nation's capital at the Museum of the Bible, will be a great event recognizing a dozen teachers from around the country who are innovative 
and how they're interacting with uh, with students and making learning fun. And uh, and so those nominations are going on uh, through April. Uh, go to HerzogFoundation.com and you can find out about everything that we're doing, including the information on Teacher of the Year. But but for teachers to be nominated, it's a nomination process. A uh, teacher can be nominated by as many people as want to nominate them. We encourage that. If whole schools or churches or parents or grandparents or families want to nominate uh, the teacher of the the Christian teacher of the year, uh, we want to do that. And what's interesting is uh, there's really nobody who's recognizing. Christian teachers. And uh, so we felt like that's something that the Herzog Foundation, apart from different accrediting agencies, but really looking at the whole scope of Christian education, we really wanted to recognize and honor. And so uh, we'll get those, we'll get the winners to the, uh, uh, to the, to the, to the Museum of the Bible. And it's going to be a great, uh, a great time. So that's so cool. That's what's, uh, that's, you know, in a nutshell, that's kind of what we're doing right now. That's awesome. So the best place for people to connect with you and the organization is at HerzogFoundation.com? HerzogFoundation.com. I should have said it earlier. In fact, we have a daily podcast that's just a three to five minute devotional, uh, scriptural uh, foundation with a with a, an application specifically geared towards for towards teachers, towards clergy, towards parents, just uh, three to five minutes uh, every morning to say, hey, you know what? Christ is still on the throne. All as well. And what's the name of the podcast? Uh, morning routine. Morning it's the routine. morning routine. Yeah. Awesome. And again, HerzogFoundation.com. You can find that and everything else that we're doing. And we'll be sure to link to all that at teachfortheheart.com slash 184. Great. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here. Linda, it is a pleasure to be here. And I so appreciate, you know, you were one of the first people, you and Tim were some of the first people that Tammy and I talked to when uh, with the foundation was initially starting. And just so appreciate the ministry that God's given to you, the voice that he's given to you. And uh, you're really doing a, a great job. And it's a privilege to sit here with you. Well, thanks so much for being here. Before we go, do you mind um, praying for the teachers that are listening? I would be honored to. Father, uh, I thank you for those that you have called to take roles of responsibility for the intellectual and even spiritual formation of children. Certainly uh, the concept of parent, uh, you are our father. Uh, the concept of parent is an important role, but those who help to shape, certainly the apostles and pastors and so many people take on that role. Teachers are are gifted by God for the role that you have given to them. And so, Lord, I just lift up those who are within earshot today, and I pray, God, that you would give them the vision, the resolve, the confidence in you, the passion, the excitement to step into every new day and into the classroom with the awesome responsibility to shape the hearts and minds of students. Use them today, Lord. I know that you do, but I know that so often they don't, they don't feel that. And I pray, God, that you would encourage them, even encourage their hearts today as they step into their ministry and the role you've called them to. Bless them, protect them, and use them, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much for being here. Remember, you can get all the notes and links from this episode at teachfortheheart.com slash 184. And you can connect with Daryl and the Herzog Foundation at herzogfoundation.com. Well, thank you guys again so much. I look forward to speaking with you again soon. In the meantime, keep growing, keep trusting. You really are making a difference.